Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Innermost is supported by Vodafone. Whether it's friends family, or, in our case, complete strangers, keeping connected has never been so important. Which is where Vodafone's unlimited data plans come in. To find out more, head over to vodafone.co.uk. Hi, and welcome back to Innermost, a podcast about strangers and their secret lives. I'm Leia Green. I've got to give this a go. I've got to get more involved, I suppose. Like, this is, this this seems far too significant to ignore. We discovered this whole new world that I was a bit dismissive of before. Like, oh, that's just for older people or the people who've given up on life, you know, that kind of thing. And like, actually, I feel like it's like a new lease on life. It is amazing. Today, I'm speaking to two people who've changed their minds about something they thought they understood and found themselves on very unexpected paths. That's coming after this. Get ready to dust off your Maps app because things are getting back to normal. You can hang out in a park until you need the loo. You can visit a friend's house and sit outside it. You can go to a theme park and ride socially distanced roller coasters. Okay, so things aren't going back to exactly how they were, but in some ways, that's not a bad thing. After all, lockdowns made us better at staying in touch with distant loved ones, be it video calling, online watching parties, or just using messaging to check in on people we care about. Stay close to the people that matter as we move back into the real world. Keep connecting with Vodafone's fastest unlimited data plan with 5G at our lowest price, now £26 a month. Make reaching out part of your new normal. 2 and 10 megabit speed caps apply to unlimited light and unlimited plans. 5G speed available on unlimited max only. RPI increase 24-month agreement. Credit check coverage in terms apply. See vodafone.co.uk. So, you've heard me say lots of times now that this podcast is all about strangers. But full disclosure, I'm blurring the boundaries a little bit this week. Hello. Hello. The first person you, you hear is not a stranger to me at all. He's my baby cousin, um, so yeah, Nat. Interesting. Yeah. I've sort of wanted to talk to you about this for a while and we've never really spoken about it. And then I thought, well, let's do it for the podcast then. 
Yeah, why not have an important family conversation and record it for people to listen to? <laughs> <laughs> it was a fairly ordinary day in that, like, I don't know, I just potted around for it. And then some family and friends came and I met them in the pub beforehand. We had, like, a drink and a nice time. And then I just... What happens is they, at least when it happens, they hold you underwater. Two people push you backwards into, in, into, into water and hold you under for a second and then pull you up. And, like, that's the only bit that I was like, this is really weird, that, like, people that I know are going to, are gonna like, simulate drowning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and how did you feel after it happened? I felt really great. It's quite, like, a big decision to make, because, like, I suppose when you're kind of declaring anything like that that is important to you publicly in front of other people I feel like it's one of those things where like it's a decision that has to be considered quite a lot afterwards I felt like I felt like a bit less of a fraud like I wasn't kind of just pretending to be a Christian I was like well like I'm actually kind of doing it now what historically have you believed in or not believed in like how would you how would you describe your belief system like going back because I guess I got the impression you were quite atheist but maybe I'm wrong yeah, I think I've had always been, until relatively recently, quite atheist. And like, I think when I was a teenager and like in college, I was probably quite ardently and quite vocally atheist to anyone who wanted to listen, which isn't in that many people. <laughs> and was really like, yep, yeah, no God, religion, bad as a blanket rule. And just like, oh, these people who believe are like very stupid and like at best are very stupid and at worst are like actively evil by like suppressing other people's freedoms and stuff like that. And then kind of as I got a bit older, like I still didn't believe in God at all. But I was like, well, you know, I don't really think religion is necessarily the root cause of bad things. People will do bad things because of what they believe and they'll use whatever justification they have for it. And so I became kind of quite a passive atheist. And then what began to change? Like, obviously, you you met Christians, but was there something that changed in you that made you more open to the idea of of like changing your mind about religion? Not really. So I met Christians and I started going out with a Christian as well. It was clear that, that her faith was very important to her and remained so. And I was sort of the opinion that if this relationship was going to go anywhere, I had to understand more about this Christianity and whether like... This Christianity thing. This Christianity thing that you, <laughs> that you, that you talk about and like, and like, what are you up to over Sunday for, for a few hours? I started kind of popping along to the church um, every now and then and went on a course that's kind of similar to the alpha course that like lots of churches advertise and we're going to worship now and i, I know you know the drill if you've been here over the last few weeks it's a bit tell me about the course what happens on it it's a course for anyone and it's run by the church they frame it as something like it's an opportunity to discuss like the big questions of life around like meaning and like is there an afterlife and things like that so we were all in this room um and they were like okay if you want to like uh, you know, pray and, and invite the, the Holy Spirit to kind of come and like meet with you or whatever it is, like you can do that now. But if you don't want to, uh, you don't have to. But I just didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had like a really intense uh, experience oh. that was like really, um, <laughs> really like emotional. What happened? They're like, just stand there and like close your eyes just so you're not distracted by anyone else. And then just like, just say in your heads just to invite like, the Holy Spirit to come and meet with you. 
said the hem ahead. But I just remember feeling filled like with a like a, like a sense of peace and love that I'd never kind of felt ever before. You know, sometimes if you feel like a massive sense of relief, you start like like everything comes out like when like a huge weight's been taken off, like mm. a huge pressure's been taken off, and you just like suddenly like it's like oh, and then like I don't know, you might start like crying or there's like a huge like emotional outpouring. Yeah. And yeah, and I was just like, ah, I don't understand. <laughs> ah, why Every, it, everything feels so nice and it's all, no, I just don't get it. Ah, for like an hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty, it was, uh, it, it was, it was pretty intense. Hello, Emma speaking. Hi, Emma. It's Leia calling from The Guardian. Hi, you okay? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. So, yeah, I guess first thing, can you just describe what your life was like sort of pre all of this COVID stuff? So, yeah, so before um, COVID hit, I was like, yeah, really typical sort of 30-something in London, going out all the time, doing a couple of nights out at the pub or going around to a friend's house for dinner, it was always dinners at people's houses, like going out. My bourgeois sort of middle-class London lifestyle got kiboshed by by COVID, basically. <laughs> and and tell me a bit more about the dating scene. How were you finding that? Yeah, so the dating scene was the typical sort of experience, I think, that most women my age are having, which is kind of scrolling through Hinge and finding um, sort of quite substandard kind of interactions happening on a regular basis, putting a lot of time and effort um into that and sort of bemoaning the kind of lack of uh, sort of good men out there and that kind of thing. So I was at my friend's house one night on a Friday uh, talking about Hinge and how we were sick of millennials because millennial men, because they were nightmares to date, but <laughs> had high expectations and uh, kind of talk about everything that was wrong with guys our age, really. And so I said, right, well, I'm going to set my filters. Uh, I'd had a couple of glasses of wine by this point and I was like, I'm setting my filters to anything. I'm just going to completely open it up and also my distance and just see what happens and I was like I think I want someone from Gen X to take me out for a take me out for dinner and pay for me or something like that I'd said is Gen X which one's Gen X is I think is it Gen X or Gen Y the ones before us the older the ones, ones before us yeah but not baby boomers yet right got you the ones that went to the hacienda got you and like still think they're cool but they're all like dads and mums now <laughs> and it's a bit like yeah that kind of thing so I did open up the filters. Anyway, this really nondescript sort of profile with this person who clearly had no insight into like social media because his pictures were all just like really ordinary and scrappy. And we just had the best like lunchtime sort of date got on really well. But he had these shoes on like really, like, it was just, I was like, okay, he's like a proper businessman. He's older. It just it didn't fit with my, I was wearing Doc- Like a man, man. A man, man. And I was wearing Doc Martens <laughs> and like... <laughs> my big hoop earrings and I was just like I just don't know if we really sort of fit anyway we went out for dinner I don't know if I fancy him and then we went out for dinner and we booked to go out for dinner um, and he had a, he said to me as well I've got a little girl that lives with me and I for some reason just said oh that doesn't matter I must have been interested and, uh, and then I'd come to meet his little girl then she got a cough and a fever and she started looking really, really unwell and rang 111 and they said, we all have to self-isolate for two weeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I sort of had a bit of a decision to make. I, you know, i just met this little girl. Um, I'd been seeing him for about a month and I just thought, I'm just going to stay. I don't want to go back. 
I feel my mind is disassociating from reality more easily and the idea of going back to reality to to the outside world simply freaks me out this this bubble i have created is is full of thoughts that are not really um confronted with the external world so i i don't really know what i'm if what i'm feeling and what i'm thinking it's 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 right or wrong Do you mind if we mention your dad? No, go for it. Your dad, John, my uncle, died in January of last year mm. at the age of... How old was he? Last year, he'd have been 58. So he was young and it was, you know, it was awful, right? Yeah. There's a really simplistic reading of this, which is your dad died and then you turned to faith. Like, do you feel that people read that into it? Do you see a connection between the two things? So I think about this a lot because I remember sitting on the steps of the church after like a church meeting and I was just going like why why are you trying to make just speaking to God and I thought why are you trying to make me believe in you when you're also killing my dad it'd be much easier I was like why don't you just like why don't you just not die miraculously mm. And then I'll believe in you and it'll be lovely. Like, it'd be much easier to do it like that way. Yeah. Why are you trying to make me do this? Like, I don't know. I don't I don't really have, like, a definitive answer for you. But, like, yeah. I think that kind of sums it up. All the time that I was, like, becoming a Christian or becoming more, becoming more Christian, I was having these kind of conversations with God. That I was like, well, stop killing him. You can stop him dying. Hello, my name is Finn, I am 12 years old and I live in Belfast. I've enjoyed walking around Belfast, wandering through the quad at Queen's University, all the while looking out for the colourful rainbows which dot the windows. The walks have introduced me to the beautiful botanic gardens. I'll never forget the wonderful scent and beauty of the hyacinth and camassia in full bloom, or peering through the window at the tropical ravine admiring the waterfall of this humid paradise, just like when my mum was born. Luckily, my tennis club, Windsor, has now reopened. Unfortunately, you can only play family members, so I miss playing against my friends. But it's great to finally get some exercise and playing against my dad makes a welcome change from the usual walk. We must take time to appreciate the small things in life, like the bird song, that wakes me from my slumber. What do your days look like now? Describe kind of how it all works with the three of you at home. Okay, so um, obviously I don't really lie until like 11 o'clock anymore um, on a weekend. But So every day is kind of, um, you'll get like a little knock at the door and like little pitter-patter of little feet coming in because... Um, little girl will always come in at seven o'clock in the morning on the dot and, and jump into bed which is great <laughs> um and then one of us will go down and make the coffee or the tea while the other one sits and reads her a story or does some time with her before work finish your plate and eat all your greens while keeping a lookout for horrible queens the, the virus stuff has just tipped me into this new world that i would have just not you know i would have put one toe in it or something but i wouldn't have done this 
And just doing it has pushed me to be like, I can parent. This is really actually not that bad. Like, she's amazing. And like, you know, family life is amazing. And and actually, it's hard. You know, she peed on my yoga mat this morning by accident. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, well. And like managing work call at the same time. And, you know, I, I get it now. You've done the whole relationship backwards, haven't you? Because this should be your honeymoon period. Yes. Where I imagine, you know, you guys have taken a lot of steps, like you've met his daughter, you're kind of co-parenting, you've moved in. Yet I imagine he's not met that many of your friends, for example, like it's all back to front. Yeah, it's backwards. It, It is. But yeah, I mean, honeymoon period is kind of on hold now until she goes back to school. And what do you think that you've learned about young children that you maybe didn't realise before? Like, how has, it, how has it changed your opinion about parenting and having kids? I just think that I had a real... The only thing that I was worried about, and that I did have a bit of a meltdown with him the other day, is I was like, I'm not going to go to Ibiza anymore and be cool. I'm not young anymore. And like now I'm a mummy and I'm one of the mummy crew and I don't want to be in the mummy crew. And he was just... And he, I can't swear, but he was just like, it doesn't matter about, it was like, fuck the labels, fuck the fucking labels. He was like, I don't care. He was like, you know, it doesn't change who you are being a parent, like you're still you. No, being a princess just sounds like a bore. Being a real girl is better, I'm sure. We think you're perfect, so please don't change. <laughs> Live with a princess would be rather strange. There's a world in which COVID didn't happen, right? And your dating life carried on as normal. Do you ever think about how, like, what that alternative reality would look like for you and for your new partner now? Funnily enough, I think that I was probably underneath it all, so ready for this and just didn't want to admit it to myself and felt a bit unfeminist maybe or maybe it felt like it was going against the grain of, of of what I was doing. So I think it would have happened just at a slightly slower rate with a lot more anxiety and a lot more of what-ifs and a lot more messing about. And then it would have happened anyway. There we go. Splishy, splashy. How have people responded to this change? Because like our our family are either atheists or Jews or yeah. atheist Jews, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And like you don't, from my knowledge, have that many religious friends or didn't before. Like what have people thought when you've told them about this? I don't really know what my friends think because I haven't really talked to them about it. I suppose with family as well, like, I think they just find it a bit weird. I think, I, th- I think they'll be like, this is, this is very unexpected. <laughs> it, is very, it was very <laughs> unexpected. Yeah, I think of all of our family. Yeah, you were the least likely to. Yeah. yeah it's, always, it's always the ones you least expect. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you see that anything has, like, changed? In you? Um, in me or in, like, the relationships that I have with, like, people in the family, I guess. Uh... I think people, no, I don't think it's changed any way that people think about you at all, regardless of what they believe about God and Christianity. I think for most of our family, they are relieved that you found something that makes you happy. Um, And yeah, I think there is a bit of a like, oh, that was a bit weird from Nat. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't see that one coming, but also like, you know, cool. That's probably fair, yeah. 
before I was a Christian for like a period of time, I had like a lot of significant episodes of anxiety where like I'd be like bed bound for like days at a time. Um, and that like, you know, these, these things do come and go as well for people. Yeah. For whatever reason. But like, since I have become a Christian, since I've like developed my faith, like that isn't a thing really anymore. And like, maybe it's too simplistic to say that like, well, now I believe in God and like God's on my, like I know that like, God's on my side, like that's gone. But like those two things have happened at the same time. Thank you so much for listening to episode three of Innermost. We'll be back next Tuesday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And we're still collecting stories. So if you want to talk to me, please drop me an email at innermost at theguardian.com. This episode was produced by me, Leah Green, and Esther Apolku-Jenny. Music and sound design is by Pascal Wise, and the executive producer is Max Anderson. Again, please get in touch at innermost at theguardian.com if you would like to take part. See you next time. Don't take this the wrong way, but your smartphone is cleverer than you. The clue is in its name. Well, that and a new project to fight COVID-19 that uses the almighty processing power that goes untapped at night. And they're not talking about your brain. Working with Imperial College London, the Vodafone Foundation's Dream Lab app utilises people's mobiles while they sleep to create a virtual supercomputer. If they can get 100,000 people to fire up the app nightly for three months, they can analyse potential COVID-19 treatments that would take Imperial supercomputers a year. The more people who take part, the quicker it will be to do the vital research to help fight COVID-19. So show your smartphone who's the real brains of the operation. Turn it into part of the Dream Team, because that's the cleverest decision anyone can make. To download the app, search for Dream Lab in your phone's app store. Legal terms apply. See vodafone.co.uk slash dreamlab. The Vodafone Foundation is a registered charity.